Hello, and welcome back to the Connected Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Parker. I'm Allie Kendall. Here with us today, we have the director of the Columbus Marathon, Darius Blackford. Darius, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I um, am super excited to uh, to get to talk a little bit about my my running and my life. And they're, it's interesting that they're kind of all tied together. I um, uh, uh, went to college and I became a journalist and I was a newspaper reporter and then I got into PR and marketing and events and I'll talk about all that. But all along that time frame, um, running has been a part of my life because after college, I uh, started to gain some weight and I was not about to give up barbecue and snack foods. And I just took it up as a kind of a fun way to stay in shape. And it, it's really become literally my life now. And uh, it's... um been very rewarding, very fulfilling, and um, who would who would have known that um, uh, my brother, who uh, uh, ran in college, uh, cross country and track, he'd be the reason um, for uh, all my running uh, adventures and and the pursuit of it. Because when we were kids, I used to chase him around, and since I'm the older one, he was uh, had to get fast or else I would catch him. And so from there, it's become part of my life. That's awesome. I mean, you look at the running community, and uh, I don't think a lot of people plan to get as deep into it as they as they end up being. I think a lot of people they start off not liking it because it's a it's a painful sport, and it's a sport that kind of teaches you something every time you go out there. Um, but I think it's very interesting how how deep into it people really end up getting. Oh, and and it's it's you know I mean there there's there's different levels certainly. I mean people that are at the elite level or the collegiate level and they're running for you know they're on scholarship or otherwise competing. I know a lot of people that do that and then they quit. They get out of it when they when they uh, get out of school because the pressures and the intensity don't make it fun. But what I've really seen really in my in my uh, 30 plus years of running is people have gotten into it for their lifestyle, for health and wellness. And it's a real mental um, release. It's become a part of their life, uh, not just the, the physical, but the emotional and the mental. And it's uh, and, and you're right. People do. Uh, people tend to uh, find it as a great release and a great uh, a great way to um, just balance out their life. Can you tell us a little bit more about what got you into running? Look, looking back and getting into running again for my health and wellness was um, was was the key reason. But then getting into a little bit more competitively and a little bit more pursuing it on a regular basis um, was kind of just a natural progression. I tried a race. Uh, I did a 10K and I thought, wow, this is fun. And I knew people that had done races. My brother, as I said, was a was a was a good runner, still is a good runner. And so I, I tried it out. And, and the pursuit of um, wanting to do a marathon was kind of the thing that all my friends who I met through running uh, wanted to try. So uh, I'd moved back to Columbus um, uh, or back to Ohio. I was a newspaper reporter in different parts of the country. And I, uh, that year in 1991, I was at the Columbus Dispatch and uh, I decided I wanted to try the Columbus Marathon. So I trained for that and did my first marathon and, and really enjoyed it. So I did uh, more of those uh, for a couple of years. I would do one or two a year. And, and, I, 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 and I got pretty good. I hadn't gotten yet to the point where I was able to qualify for Boston or things like that yet. But I um, uh, was, was traveling and enjoying them uh, as, while I was also still working, doing, doing my own little PR business. And I was the Chicago Marathon in uh, 1998. And 
uh, I saw these people holding these signs that had different times on them. It was, and I asked someone, what's that? And they said, it's a pace team. And so basically it meant if you wanted to run four hours, you followed the guy with the four hour sign. Or if you wanted to run three hours and 30 minutes, you followed the woman holding the three hour and 30 minute sign. And these people would set a pace and there'll be a pack of a hundred or more people following them. And I just thought this was the coolest thing. So I came back to Columbus and I approached the race director, which is kind of ironic now that I'm that person. And I said, hey, I saw this thing called a pace team. I'd love to offer it here for our race, a local race. And he said, hey, you know, it's a great idea, uh, but you have to get a sponsor. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I don't, what do I know about that? I, I'm in business. I understand business. Um, so I decided to go back to my um, contacts from the days when I was a business reporter at the, at the dispatch. And I thought, what company would sponsor this concept and would uh, have an interest in running. Well, the unlikely uh, contact that I found just happened to be a marathoner. He was also the chairman of White Castle, which is certainly not known for its uh, endurance sports uh, marketing. At least it wasn't at the time. So they, they loved the idea and they became the, uh, the, we became the White Castle Striding Slider Pace Team. And I uh, had so much fun. I launched that at Columbus in 1999 and did that for a number of years. And while I was doing that, um, uh, the folks from Cliff Bar, the uh, nutrition company, uh, heard about it. And um, they actually they met me at a, at a race where I also had been se selling this little bracelet that I invented, uh, kind of an offshoot of the Pace Team. It was called the Pace Band. And it, it was just a, it was a chart that you would wear on your wrist. It would show you where you needed to be at every mile to finish in a certain pace. So for three hours and 30 minutes, uh, it was 8.01, 16.02, uh, 2403 and so on. Well, you know, when you get up to like double digit miles, your brain stops working. And so you don't have to do the math when you look at the pace band. So I met Cliff Bar uh, reps from there and they thought, wow, this pace band's a cool thing. So I started making them for, uh, for uh, that company and then some other companies. They would basically market them at different marathons. They'd put their logo on it and they would pass them out to runners. Well, they also heard about this pace team and they ended up uh, for uh, 17 years sponsoring uh, the Cliff Bar Pace Team that uh, my wife and I basically, uh, we, we met through running and later on we, uh, I proposed at a marathon and we um, ended up forming the, the, the Cliff Bar Pace Team uh, and we traveled around the country at about 15 different races a year, major events, the Marine Corps Marathon, Los Angeles Marathon, um, the Disney World Marathon and other races doing pacing around the country. And that kind of got me into the running uh, the culture a little bit more and also the business side of it. Um, as I said, I had been doing marketing and PR and among, uh, among local companies I went to work for was the, the Harley-Davidson dealerships here in Columbus. And the reason I took that job is because it could really teach me about events and event management. It was something I had never done before outside of the PACE team and that, and I really wanted to gain some experience. I didn't know what it would lead to. So I did that for five years, and while I was working at that company um, here in, in Columbus, still doing the PACE team at the Columbus Marathon and doing the PACE teams around the country, um, I began to do marketing for the Columbus Marathon. A friend of mine who still does PR for the event asked me if I would help out. So for three years, I was doing the marketing. And then the board of directors came to me and said, hey, we know you have events experience. We know you've been in this industry for a number of years. Uh, would you would you become race director? And so I, I said, sure. And I took that job. And that was in 2010. And 
here we are now, and I'm still the race director, and it's uh, it's become a career from a guy who really wasn't that good of a runner and got into it because of snacks. Running is a simple sport, but is one that has a lot of parallels with the processes of everyday life. What does endurance running teach a person? You know, it's 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 interesting. I um, it's taught me patience. It's taught me how to um, confront challenges that I'm really afraid of or don't have the answers to. Um, you know, I can always go out for a run, no matter what kind of day I'm having. And I've never come back and said, I wish I wouldn't have done that run. You know, provided I didn't fall or something bad happened, but I put myself in a bad situation. But, you know, it just, it, it, it puts me in a good mental frame, a good mental uh, mental well-being. And, and it's just taught me that through, through training, which, which is the same as preparation in life, through training and preparation, I can achieve something beyond what I thought. Marathon training in particular, when you start out, you have no idea that you're going to be able to, to, to go out and do 26 miles. Are you kidding me? I mean, some people can't even drive that far without getting tired. And I, I, you start out and you, you, you're, you're, Maybe you're a walker first. I, I actually began walking long distance. Uh, even as a kid, I would go on long hikes and things like that with uh, with some some family, and and I got into enjoying that. And and then you slowly begin running, and then you add some some training, uh, specialized training, whether it's speed work or or, or long distance um, tempo speed type of work, whatever. Um, but it, but it's it's a puzzle. You put it all together, and eventually the outcome is you can accomplish this big goal. Same things with life. I mean, you know, I, I have the opportunity to come in and speak to the Dunn Scholars Program every year uh, here at Ohio State and uh, uh, incoming, uh, it's a freshman group of um, scholars. And um, I tell them, you can put yourself into good positions in life through the simple act of preparation. None of it's easy. None of it. Running teaches you so much about how there's no shortcuts. And there's many times uh, in my in my running career where I've thought, oh, I'm going to go attempt this marathon, and I'm really not prepared for it. But oh, I'm I'm sure I'm fine. Well, uh, <laughs> these types of things do not accept um, uh, anything less than your best attempt uh, if you want to do well at it. And I think it's the same with life. You can't skate through life. You can't fool your way through it. Eventually, things are going to fall. The bottom's going to fall out if you haven't done your preparation, whether it's through schoolwork or whether it's in your career planning or when you're out there in the in the in the working world or or running your own business. You uh, there's no shortcuts. Running is mostly individual, but it takes a lot of support. And I'm sure you've met a lot of people over the years that support you. What makes the running community different from the general population? You know, it it, the, it community's community. Whether you're whether you're a group of quilters, whether you're a group of people who are uh, into uh, graphic arts or whatever, if you have a passion, the people that are in it with you are very passionate as well. But running is also unique because you're out there sweating. You're out there maybe getting blisters together. You're dealing with the elements at the same time. I mean, boy, you go out on a rainy, cold run with a group of people, and at least you know that you're not alone and you're enduring this this physical challenge together. And it's um, uh, really a not not a place where, where egos play well. And I think that people that are enjoying running and running together really find a real, real great uh, strength of um, camaraderie that, that you don't always find in, in other aspects of, uh, of life. The, 
people are always trying to one-up each other. And, and sure, that happens with running. And if you find a, a group of runners who particularly I'll see, uh, I'll see groups out on the, on the local um, uh, bike paths and that who are faster runners, and they might be, might be competing against each other in that run. But at the same time, they're also generally pretty mild-mannered and pretty, uh, pretty chill. And maybe it's because the running and the endorphins is doing that for them. But, but um, the, the thing about running in Columbus that is uh, unique is really more about the population of Columbus. We're a very giving community in Columbus. There was a study done a number of years ago that said per capita, Columbus uh, residents gave more to charity than in, than in any other city in the country. The United Way had done a study, and that's kind of the way the running community is, that that it's not even before I was race director. I mean, when I'm race director now, I know a lot of people. A lot of people recognize me. They wave to me. They talk to me. But even before I got uh, into that position, people were just helpful. You'll, you'll never see a runner out on the, on the local trail um, not stop or ask somebody um, – uh, who, who stopped or maybe has um, has their hands on their knees or 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 slipped on ice? People always will help each other, and and I think that's kind of a uh, I've never I've never had the similar opportunities in other cities for that to happen because I don't spend as much time in other cities. But I certainly know here that the runners uh, runners look out for each other. How does the Columbus Marathon stand out from other endurance competitions? You know we're very fortunate. Columbus Marathon. This is the forty second year for the event. Um, and that's that's a lot of a that says a lot not just because of the longevity but because of the legacy of support from the community from the business community um, that have that have supported it and I'll talk a little bit about uh, the, the the partnerships there in a second but really um, it's just in many respects it's like any other big city marathon uh, you go to the Houston Marathon the Twin Cities Marathon up in Minneapolis the um, uh, Cincinnati Flying Pig Marathon. We kind of mirror ourselves after a lot of those uh, regional events. Um, we know we're not New York. We know we're not Chicago. But but we are just as good. We just aren't as big. But um, so in that respect, I think we people would would go to another regional or, or a larger scale race and would find that this race stacks up. But but where we're different, and this is really the establishment that uh, happened um, back in 2012 is our partnership with Nationwide Children's Hospital. Even when the event was started in 1980, there was a charitable component. There was groups like the, the Leukemia Society team and training would send a lot of runners here uh, that would do fundraising. And the event would give money to local charities and support local groups. But in 2012, it, it went up just tenfold in terms of the involvement with the charity when when um, uh, Nationwide Children's Hospital became the benefiting charity. And what that means is basically we put the event on, the organizers and the board of directors for the Columbus Marathon put the event itself on. And then the hospital basically is able to sell off all of our assets. For example, our mile markers, our, our, our every mile we have a, um, a patient uh, out on the course from the hospital. Well, a company sponsors that mile, and they're able to raise significant money. When you multiply 26 miles times the you know tens of thousands of dollars per mile, and then they also do things like water stops. You know, we have 13 water stops on the course. Well, they get a sponsor, and money comes in for that, and it all goes to the hospital. 
between that sponsorship and the fundraising that the what are called uh, children's champions, those are people that run on behalf of the hospital. We raise more than a million dollars a year. We've raised eleven million dollars plus since uh, twenty twelve, and very similar to the Buckeye Thon in terms of the the dollars that are raised. We um, uh, I I always watch the Buckeye Thon's financial results when they announce on the news how much was raised, and and I'm always proud of uh, I'm proud of when we lose or whether we win, but uh, I'm proud of the efforts by both by both groups to, to do a lot of great work on behalf of Nationwide Children's Hospital. Throughout your story, you clearly show themes of perseverance, a wealth of enthusiasm, and a passion for everything that you do. All in all, what is your idea worth spreading? You know, my idea worth spreading is, is so simple and so silly, but uh, it, it's worked for me. So um, more than 30 years ago, um, I found this, so I don't even know if they still make it, but Bazooka Joe Bubblegum is those those hard little hockey puck, uh, they're, they're squares, but they're like hard like a hockey puck chewing gum. And they, they, they come in individual pieces and they're wrapped with a little cartoon. Well, I found one one day and, because um, again, I like snacks, so I also like sugary chewing gum. And at the bottom of the, of the cartoon, is a uh, fortune. And the fortune, uh, it just stuck with me and I saved it. And it's kind of my life mantra. It's even on my uh, on the, the bracelet that I wear, my emergency bracelet with my phone number and my contact information, my doctor's name in case I fall or get hurt, my wife's phone number. Um, but my mantra is, so what are you waiting for? And I use this line, this simple, you know, several word line, when I confront challenges that um, I'm afraid of, like career. I mean, I based more than one career choice on my fortune, on my Bazooka Joe bubblegum uh, uh, cartoon. When you, when, you, when you pose the question, so what are you waiting for against something that's weighing heavy on you that, uh, that you really want to do, but you're afraid or you're, you're not sure how it's going to be perceived. When you start thinking about it, it's really kind of it's very hard to find an answer that is not overcome, that you can't overcome and, and take on the challenge. I mean, when I, for example, with, with, with career uh, growth, I might be afraid. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I want to move to Florida and take this job at, at the newspaper down there. And then I would say, what are you waiting for? Another opportunity to, 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 to try something new and expand your horizons. That was uh uh, a big move I made. I'd never. I, I I lived in Ohio my whole life at the time, and I had been working in Ohio, and and I, I was presented this opportunity to work for a newspaper in Florida, and and I could stay and keep doing what I was doing, and I thought at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to have to come back to Ohio, which I did um, several years later, and I've been very happy. But so, what are you waiting for? Is something that you can hopefully. Um, bring up in your mind uh, as you're facing challenges and and or things that you're cert, uh, uncertain of when it comes to your uh, future development or, or or potentially positive things and you're weighing the options. Put that into your uh, put that into your mindset and and hopefully it helps. I hope someday someone says, "Hey, that uh, so what are you waiting for?" was a was great advice. It ended up leading me to become a super successful. And, and if that happens, feel free to hire me. Thank you so much for coming here today.
Very honored to have been part of this, and um, uh, good luck, everybody, with uh, with school and with uh, with your careers. To stay updated with Darius's work on the Columbus Marathon, you can follow him on Instagram at cbusmarathon. And to keep updated with our work at TEDx Ohio State University, you can follow us on Instagram at TEDx Ohio State U. We'll see you next time. Thank you.